welcome to a brand new edition of the Gosha News Sports Podcast. Gosha News Sports Editor Austin Huff speaking to you, and we have the most jam-packed episode of Gosha News Sports Podcast history today. We will be joined very momentarily by Bethany Christian, girls basketball head coach, Kristen Parson, and Fairfield girls basketball head coach, Brody Garber. They both joined me in studio together, 48 hours removed from winning semi-state championships. They are with me to talk about what this week has been like so far, what the last few days have been like, how they're getting their teams ready to go, what this means for Elkhart County, all of that, and then some. I'm so thankful to have Kristen and Brody both come in spending you know time and talk to me and I know they're very busy this week they were in Indianapolis Monday morning they come home they probably just want to be with their families but they decide hey let's spend some time with that sports reporter over at Gosha News so I thankful so much for their time that will be coming up in a few minutes uh we will set the scene why am I talking to Kristen Parson and Brody Garber well if you for some reason don't know they are both playing for state championship games this Saturday. That's because they won semi-state titles this past weekend. We will start with Bethany Christian, the Class 1A North semi-state champions. They won the championship at Frankfurt High School. They defeated Washington Township 55-50 to in the first game, the semifinal game. Then they came back at night. With a spot in the state title game on the line, they knocked off Tri 58 to 54. Both those teams were ranked ahead of Bethany Christian in the final regular season Class 1A poll. And the Bruins will be making their first ever trip to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. They are playing for a state championship this Saturday, 10:30 a.m. in Indianapolis. Uh, what an, a tremendous accomplishment. I was there Saturday, and I just have to say, Mariah Stolzfus put on maybe the best individual performance I've seen in my five years covering high school sports in Indiana. She was unbelievable in both games. She would not let her team lose either game. They were down eight points at halftime to Washington Township. She comes out and scores 19 points by herself in the second half, pretty much put the team on her back and carried them to that win, Uh, just hit big shots, gave her team the lead in the third quarter. It went back and forth the entire fourth, and the Bruins pulled it out late. And then, and shout out Julia Moser for hitting a huge three as well off of Stolzfus assist with about a minute left in the game, a little less than that to lift them to that win over the Senators. And then in the nightcap, they were down six, 37-31 to 31 going into the fourth quarter. Stolzfus scores the first eight points of the frame for her team. She assists on a couple huge three-point shots from Julia Moser and Zoe Willems. She then makes the final six free throws of the game for her team to ice away the victory. She accounted for 25 of the 27 points in the final quarter, whether it be from scoring or assists, just a truly remarkable performance. The guts of that kid was unbelievable, and they are semi-state champions, pulling off an improbable two games and one-day vic- uh, victories uh, against incredible competition that they weren't supposed to beat. Um, going into it, Washington Township, that was a, probably a 50-50 game, but 
beating Tri. They had one loss all season. They were ranked number two in the final 1A poll. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, and, and it looked like it wasn't going to happen there for a couple times, but they somehow pulled out the victory, and they are playing for the state championship. Um, just an FYI for everyone, not only do we have Brody Garber and Kristen Parson coming up, but we also have an interview with the Corden Democrats, Brandon Minyard. He covers both Corden Central and Lanesville. So we got to talk to him about what it's like for those two teams to be going to the state title game. Uh, so we'll, be, we'll have that here coming up. Um, let's talk about Fairfield's victories, though, from Saturday. They cruised past Tippecanoe Valley in the semifinal, 54-33. to then beat number one Twin Lakes, who would enter the game with a 28-0 record. They beat Twin Lakes 42-34. to um, They were trailing by six points after the first quarter to Twin Lakes and then won the second quarter by two points and then the third and fourth quarters both by a 12-6 margin. So they won the f- second half by 12 points to win its first ever semi-state championship this is a program in the last six years under Brody Garber that has been very close. We have talked at length about their semi-state loss last season in Class 2A to Frankton, not Frankfurt. I confused myself a couple times this weekend. Frankton is who Fairfield lost to last year in the 2A semi-state game back in the one-game semi-state format. They also lost to Northwestern. In a two A or sorry a three A semi state game in 2018, Northwestern was on a historic run, one of the best teams in state history for that three or four year stretch. Um, there was no shame in losing to them. Um, so to see them finally get over the hump was really really cool to see. Um, it made me think about this senior group: um, Bria Garber, Morgan Gothrop, Bailey Willard, and. I know I'm missing someone. I should have written that down. Um, this group has, you know, each year kind of gotten a step farther and figured it out, right? They didn't win sectional their freshman year. Their sophomore year, they win sectional, and then they lose regional semifinal game. Last season, they win a sectional, win the regional, lose in the semi-state. This year, they win sectional, they win regional, they win semi-state. Now, let's hope they don't lose state. Obviously, you know, people up here, if you're listening, you probably want Fairfield to win. Um, It would make my job a little easier, I would say that. Um, But it just feels like the senior group has learned how to kind of battle that adversity, learned from their losses, and have uh, improved each season after that. So it's it's truly remarkable to see, and it's really, really cool to see – a community like Fairfield go into the state championship game. I know they, in their school's history, they, you know, they've had some good, excuse me, they've had some good, you know, sectional winning teams, regional winning teams. Obviously, volleyball was pretty much the only one to really break through and make it to the state tournament. So this is kind of uncharted territory. Girls tennis also made it to the state tournament um, a handful of years ago as well, but you know, this is relatively uncharted territory, so it's very cool to see, obviously, the first time in program history. And then for Bethany Christian, too, this is their first ever state appearance uh, in a team title. The boys' basketball team got the semi-state uh, in t- 2002, but they, you know, did not get past that round. So this is truly an historic week for both teams, both schools. Um, Fairfield plays Corden Central, as I kind of mentioned uh, both teams come into this game 27-2. and two. Fairfield was ranked 7th in the final, 
3A poll and Corden Central was sixth. So these teams are fairly even in that regard. Same records, pretty much same ranking. Um, should be a fantastic game. That game is at 6 p.m. Saturday night at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So I, you know, kind of alluded to it, but Fairfield and Bethany Christian, two schools separated by five miles. They're playing Corden Central and Lanesville, respectively. Two schools that are separated by nine miles, those two. Uh, so not only do you have, you know, these two teams from Elkhart County that have never played each other or that you know, never gone to state, they're playing two teams from Marshall County that, you know, are nine miles apart. Lanesville has never made the state championship game. Corden Central went once in 2005. They lost to South Bend St. Joseph. Um, this is just really cool stuff to see, you know, really cool stuff. Um, it's Harrison County, by the way. I said Marshall County. Uh, I definitely meant Harrison County. So I apologize for that. I'm just thinking about how awesome Marshall County is over there in Plymouth. Um, so two teams from Harrison County separated by nine miles facing two teams from Elkhart County that are separated by less than five miles. And they also played each other in the regular season. Fairfield beat Bethany Christian by 20-plus points. Corden Central beat Lanesville by 20-plus points. So, you know, the the parallels between the two are amazing. Um, and it's just really cool. It's really cool to see two, two different counties, four total communities getting to experience this together. And I'm sure they're losing their minds down in uh, Harrison County. And we talked to Brandon Miniard about that. Um, his interview will be coming up later, but let's get to our interview first with Kristen Parson and Brody Garber. I know it's what you've been waiting for. Uh, here they are, the two head coaches of Bethany Christian and Fairfield Girls Basketball as they get ready to go to the state championship games this Saturday in Indianapolis. joined by two of the eight girls basketball coaches that are still coaching in the state of Indiana this week. Bethany Christian, girls basketball coach, Kristen Parson, and Fairfield girls basketball coach, Brody Garber. Lady and gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yes, today, yes. Was, today was a long day for both of us. A, a good long day, Yes. Yeah. And uh, but it was well worth it. Yeah, so full disclosure, we're taping this Monday night. They, Brody and Kristen, were driving to Indianapolis and back for the uh, state meetings for the state championship games. Um, those are at 10 a.m. in Indianapolis. We are not very close to Indianapolis, so early morning, long day. But, hey, at least uh, most of you didn't have to do school, I guess, today. Poor Bethany Christian had to go. They don't believe in precedents, I guess. I guess so. they don't. <laughs> yes, thank you, George Washington. <laughs> Shout out, George. Um, uh, yeah, so... Congratulations again, both you guys, on tremendous seasons. Um, I ran through it, all your accomplishments uh, earlier in the episode, so I don't have to regurgitate any of that to you. You guys know what you've done. Um, this is just a general question. We'll start with Kristen. Um, has it all set in yet? We're 48 hours removed from semi-state. What is the emotions? Has it set in that you guys are playing for the state championship? Um, I think it's set in. It got a little more real today. Um 
but still you're just thinking like, man, how'd, how'd we get here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously, you know, we've worked really hard for this, but it's, yeah, it's still kind of this back and forth. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, this doesn't happen very often to many people. Um, and so I think it's, it's kind of this, is it real? It's not real. It is real. And then, you know, you're like, man, now we got we have to start preparing. Like it, it doesn't matter either way what you think just happened, but we got to start preparing for our next opponent, our last opponent for the season. Yeah. Brody, uh, same question. Has it set in yet? You know, when we, uh, seemed like we drove around the, the circle there in Indy today, trying to figure out where, where we're going. Um, <laughs> when the field house came into view, um, just something in the stomach kind of happened a little bit. And, you know, up to that point, it's, you just, you're answering a lot of emails, um, numerous texts, which is all good stuff. So nothing really hit, um, until about, well, it was about nine 30 when we rolled in there and boy, seeing the, uh, the field house sign Pacers fever sign up there, uh, that, that, that made it really real. Yeah. Um, so part of the reason why I wanted you to come on the podcast, you're going to be doing plenty of interviews this week already have about your respective teams, but I think the element of this being Elkhart County, two teams from the county in the same year, it's never happened in girls basketball. Obviously, it's only had about 28 years of being a potential, just given class basketball and that. But, you know, this has never happened in girls basketball. You guys are five miles apart. You basically are neighboring communities. Um, Brody, how cool of a moment is this just for Elkhart County? You've lived here your whole life, you know, Fairfield graduate and things like that. How cool is this is this moment for the Elkhart County community? Um, you know, individually, it obviously means a lot to our community. Um, Basketball-wise, uh, neither boys or girls have been there. Uh, our first opportunity to it to do that. Um, our communities knowing each other so well, kids that a lot of them grew up and went to school together, mm-hmm. uh, kind of all the way throughout. Um, having the chance to get to know Chris in the way I have the last you know years of coaching, I've been at it now here for eleven years. Um, knowing what she puts into it, and I'm sure she feels that same way. When you you know you got people around you that work at it like you do, um, I think try to do it about the same way. Not exactly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that that makes it pretty special. That because because you know what she's going through, you know the film she's watching, you know the hours she's probably not sleeping, um, <laughs> and, and you're doing it too. Um, right. Kind of just to know that somebody, and that's just to be only like five miles apart and neighboring that, and even I think you'll probably get into it later. The teams we're playing are even so close together that's really that's really odd too yeah less than Um, 10 miles right that's crazy yeah but to to do that together and to to see chris there we weren't able to physically congratulate each other we've been um doing that i think we had one text something to do with like hey see an indy this was before we were uh, getting ready for the championship game so it's great to share it with her yeah Kristen, just you you obviously you went to lawrence central yep uh but you went to goshen college you know you've been in this area since then what does this mean to you as a 20 plus year Goshen or, you know, Goshen resident like you have been. I I echo what um, Brody said, you know, it does mean a lot to our community and, you know, um, this is the first time ever in any sport in Bethany history that a team has made it to state. Right. Um, And so I'm really happy for our school to have that history. Um, But, you know, it's not like, I don't think we've ever really viewed Fairfield even as like a rival of ours. Like they're a neighboring school we play, but it's not like we have this like love hate relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we, when we get after it, we want to win. Right. And so it's, it's fun to see a team that you respect and know well, um, and compete against in the year, um, like going on the same journey that you are. And I, our kids were like super excited when we said, Hey, Fairfield won. They knocked off Twin Lakes. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Twin Lakes, their first loss of the season. They're like, let's go, you know? And so like they were genuinely happy. For Fairfield, it wasn't just like, oh, great, Fairfield's going to stay. You know, I yeah, mean, because you could act shine. like that with right. some teams. You could like you're stealing our shine. You yeah. know, hey, let us have it. I can attest too. I was at Frankfurt 
Saturday night, obviously, with you, Kristen, and we had multiple people asking me what the Fairfield score yeah. was. Are they winning? Like, where are they at? I almost thought about buying the $12 pay-per-view just to watch the last two minutes. I knew I had Mike Deke there doing great coverage, but I was like, I just want to watch it to see if they're in it. Um, you could feel that community pride, you know, not just, oh, we're just Bethany or we're just Fairfield. And I think it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm sure the Corden Central and Lanesville fans are, are doing the same this week as they get ready to make a simpler long fleet drive just from the opposite direction to Indianapolis. Um, so we'll talk a little basketball, a little basketball. That's what you guys do, I guess. Um, Kristen, what would you say is one word to describe your team so far this season? Uh, gritty. Yeah? Yeah. Why so? We've just been put in like incredible situations where we've had to like kind of rise up and figure out who we are and who we want to be. Um, and we've done that. Uh, like I said, there's, there hasn't been a close game that we haven't won this year. All of our losses have been 10 or more points. Yeah. Um, and they just, they just have this grit about them that they're not going to stop playing no matter how many points they're down or what run another team makes. Uh, they're, they're ready to come back and make their own run. And I think that's really what's made us special this year. Yeah, just before, I'm going to ask you that question too, Brody, but I just want to say I think what's helped maybe fuel this underdog type of narrative with Bethany is that they lost their last game to you guys by 25, <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, Bethany, are they okay? You know, so by the way, I'm blaming you, Brody, for like the Bethany underdog because you guys had a tremendous season, but I think the Fairfield loss at the end, it just feels eh, you know, and then you get 10 days off, and but – Anyway, I just I had that thought. So thanks, Brody, for like making them an underdog. It's a great Cinderella story <laughs> when they were really darn good all season. Um, Brody, one one word to describe your team and why? Uh, just tough. Um, you know, physically, um, these girls. Uh, if you would have saw, especially our seniors when they were first coming up. Um, for those of you who don't know, I I, have, I joined the weight room five years ago. They were eighth graders. Um, girls were in the weight room but just didn't receive a whole lot of attention maybe and didn't know what they could do um so you know they came in my second year there when i actually kind of figured some things out finally um after one year in there <laughs> yeah um but I, I i got a lot of people that just tell me like your girls are just physically tough um and in return to that like a lot of that has seeped into their mental toughness um they've seen a lot they they like three of them were freshmen that played a lot of minutes um, they didn't bat, bat a night. And Twin Lakes was up 8-0. Right. And, and I'm sure a lot of our fans were just like, oh, my gosh, because here we go. Because Tippy Valley kind of went on a little bit around the beginning. And they just they never batted an eye. Um, the, the seniors, the calming influence they have and just the, all right, what's coming up next? Um, just that, that mental toughness and the physical toughness is something that uh, more and more I think I'm appreciating about them even more. Yeah. I wanted to ask you both about the time of the games you're playing at. Kristen, you get 10.30 a.m. You've played morning games before, of course, but you rarely do you have this much stakes in an early, early morning game like that. How do you feel like – do you attack preparation differently? Like what does Friday night into Saturday morning look like knowing you're playing at 10.30 a.m. and not a 7.30, 7.45 game? Yeah, I'm sure, like, I don't know if anybody plays at 10.30 in the morning ever no. for any I mean, reason. Like a yeah. holiday tournament, maybe, but, like, maybe. you're playing in front of 50 people in right. random gym. Like, this is going to be a couple thousand people yeah. for a state title with Bally Sports, you know, on your on the television, right. so. I mean, I think the reality is, I mean, we're both facing it, us in Lanesville. I don't think either of us play early games, and so, right. I, um, you know, like, you want to get good sleep, and you want to get up in the morning, and you want to get ready for the game, but the reality is you still got to show up and play. It doesn't matter what time it is. Like, right. can't be poo-poo about any of that stuff. I mean, like, you're in the state finals. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just play basketball, yeah. right? And so I like, I mean, for me, I like that I don't have to wait all day to play. I yeah. mean, 
but there's a trade-off of not having to play in the morning too I think getting your body up most kids aren't used to playing basketball at 10 30 you know and mm-hmm. um so yeah I don't I don't know I mean I haven't really thought a whole lot about it it's just like hey we get to go first okay let's go I mean yeah. that's just been my mentality and I haven't even like brought that up to my girls because I'm not going to put that in their their thoughts of yeah. oh we got to play at 10 30 it's so <laughs> early and they just talked about that today yeah. you know I mean like, don't come in here complaining with negative attitudes about whatever's going on. I mean, you're in the state finals. Right, you play for the state. You'll play at 2 a.m. if it's a state yes, title game, exactly. right? Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Is there, and then Brody, you playing at 6 p.m. You play a lot of 6 p.m. games in the NECC part of doubleheaders. I'm sure that's got to help you with that sense of familiarity of, like, we know you don't have school, obviously, beforehand, but you got to be a little happy in the sense that it's a familiar, okay, we do this at this time, this at this time to get ready for a 6 p.m. game. Right. It's, uh, you know, time-wise, I don't think you can really go wrong with that. Um, the waiting game, as Kristen kind of brought up, you know, the nice thing is, is we're going to go to their game, kind of get that feel for what a game like, like, and, you know, cheer them on and get that feeling of it. Then kind of go back and, you know, maybe just chill out a little bit. Um, I'm not so sure if maybe, I guess, if I could pick a time, if maybe that second slot might be the best one out of all. I would not want to play the super late one like that yeah. one. No. I'm waiting all day, chomping at the bit. That, that's the one I probably would be my last choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably good. And, you know, the 8-15 game is two teams that are relatively close to Indianapolis. I couldn't imagine trying to get back to Goshen at, you know, 10 30 11 p.m. when you're leaving indianapolis although i kind of did that last week not to brag you know mm-hmm. frankfurt an hour or frank <laughs> yeah frankfurt um so i want to I, I wanted to ask you both about kind of your families family things relationships in a sense because brody's yours is a little more popular or well known obviously your wife is an assistant coach you're both 1000 point scorers in fairfield both in the huntington hall of fames as I believe at university um and obviously your daughter is uh, Bria has been the senior star player for you guys. Um, just, you know, when you and Amy, you know, got married and wanted to have a family, I'm guessing this was part of the dream in a sense. Like you, if you were going to be a coach, like what is it like to kind of see this now come to fruition that you were going to be able to coach your daughter in a state championship game? Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the biggest dream was for, um, each, each of our kids to find their passion, right. whatever that was. And I guess a lot of people would say, well, it's destined to be basketball, whatever <laughs> it be. But, you know, it was something that we introduced her to a lot of things. Um, at that point, I was actually coaching. When she was younger, I was coaching baseball. We tried the t-ball thing, and that didn't go well. Um, it was too boring, you know, that type yeah. of thing. And, you know, the basketball thing just, it came really natural to her. Um, it's something she's loved to do. Um, and it's just, it's just basketball is kind of what we do. Um, you know, she um, probably, in the end, I mean, and my wife was really good individually, but as far as just a legacy of success and winning, you know, her what she's been doing, it far outweighs what, what my wife and I did for sure. Very important question. Who is the best scorer of the three? You. Oh boy. <laughs> I know it's, the stats will say one thing, but it's, it's, in your it's, humble opinion. It's probably Amy. Yeah. Uh, Bria probably has the best all-around game in terms of she can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I, I, I had a very high basketball IQ and kind of could figure things out that way, but maybe not maybe the Billy those two but uh yeah when your wife is still now at 45 the best free throw shooter in the family that's kind of saying something I think one year in high school she was 92 93 percent or something Bree is not bad from the free throw no, line either no, like no. That's mom, can still, mom can still get her <laughs> that's, I'd love to see that in the part uh, the uh the parking lot or the driveway the driveway the parking no, lot. no you don't the I've drive- seen that before that's, that's, that's not good uh Kristen as your uh they kind of list, let you list a fun fact about your coach in the IHSA coach's profile you mentioned that you adopted um the two your two um 
nephews, Zane and Isaiah. Can you, would you care to maybe explain like more about that? Like, and how, how kind of interesting has that experience been adopting uh, children? That's not necessarily a publicly known yeah. kind of angle with you and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so they, they had been living up in Goshen for quite some time. I mean, they grew up, stayed in Indy for a while and moved up here when they were younger mm-hmm. and just lived around the corner from me. My brother's family did. Um, and then in 2018, I took guardianship of them. So they've been living with me since, since then. It's almost like four and a half years now. It was about July of 2018. Um, and so then the adoption was in the, in the process um, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And so the court shut down. Um, but I mean, honestly, guardianship, adoption, I mean, it's just basically signing a paper, mm-hmm. the reality of what it was. Um, but to them, it meant a lot, right? And so let's do it. Um, and so, yeah, that's been finalized and, um, they're 17 and 15 and, uh, I, I don't have any regrets. I, I love every moment that I have with them. Yeah. And Zane is kind of like one of the unofficial leaders of the student section. Um, he was wearing the Burger King crown before she bestowed it on Mariah on Saturday. Uh, yeah. What about him, man? He's, he's him and there's a couple other kids in there, but he's definitely yeah. one of the more vocal leaders of the student group there. No, he takes some pride in, in our success because, um, we scrimmage those JV guys in practice. Um, they've run through some scout stuff for us. Uh, the boys team has been very, very generous to us, especially here in the state tournament run. Um, and so he takes pride in knowing what we're doing and what we need to do and that he gets to be a part of making us a little bit better. Um, and then of course he's going to be a fan. I mean, that's what you do in, in the fan section. You just scream, you know, and I think he's, his voice is almost gone. Um, but he loves it. He loves to watch our team play. He loves to play basketball. He loves to be a supporter of women's basketball. And I really appreciate that about him. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to kind of set the scene. It's We'll start with Brody, because you just talked a lot, Kristen, so we'll let you rest your voice. Um, um, it's about 6 o'clock. They're playing the national anthem. Probably going to play back home again in Indiana. They played back home again before Northwood a couple years ago. What do you think is going to be going through your mind at Gamebridge Fieldhouse Saturday night when they're playing the anthem and you're getting ready for a state title game? Yeah, I mean, as much as I can say that you know, my mind will be <clears throat> on that game um, I think it'll just be flooded with just everything that's happened. Um, it's weird to think that, you know, we always get to that last game and you kind of, you never go there when it's like regional championships. So like, this is the last time I could spend with these kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. like Saturdays, literally it is, you know, win, lose or tie, whatever happens. Um, it's that last time. So I, I'm thinking there's going to be some uh, flashbacks, some things going through like, um, this and that, and even even of this week and the, the, the fun that we've had, and um, so I, I think I'm, it's probably going to go there. And then, uh, boy, as soon as that uh, ball gets tossed up, it's it, it's going to be game time. Yeah, Kristen, similar question about seven hours earlier, but you know, how are we? Yeah. What do you think you will be going through your mind around ten thirty a.m. Saturday? You know, I like I like to think that yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> but my guess is is there'll be some raw emotions going on, just soaking it in and being in that moment. Um, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard. To, it's hard to pinpoint that because everything that Brody said is stuff that we've talked about. Like now, this is the final game. There isn't right. like we got another week, right? You know, something I'm gonna go through withdrawal next week. I gotta load up a minibus and take my girls to the boys sectional just so I can spend time with them. You know, because there's so much fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you know, we we both know that like our our teams vibe off us. You know, whatever we're we're bringing in the huddle and whatever our demeanor is on the sidelines. Um, they're they're going to reflect that too, and so we have to be focused and ready to go. But you know, I don't have to tell everybody what's going on in my head. <laughs> I just got to look like I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure there's going to be some some similar emotions that Brody's having too. Some probably some some bad words, maybe like oh my, 
you know, here we go. Like, <laughs> holy, you know, holy, you know, you yep. know what? I don't know if you're allowed to say that as a coach at Bethany Christian, but, you know, you can't. Say whatever I want. <laughs> but you are nobody hears there are going to be TVs on us constantly, as they told us today, right? <laughs> you're like sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, you're, you're like second in command at Bethany Christian, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, you know, you're, you, you've got a lot of power. Um, and then this is kind of obviously like a very cliche type question, but it feels need to be asked, um, Kristen, um, what would it mean to win Saturday night or Saturday morning? Sorry, we establish it's in the morning. What would it mean to win Saturday morning? I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Um, like you dream of these things as coaches and even as players, like you're just like, man, to play in the state finals, that'd be so cool. Oh my gosh, I can just imagine my team at the state finals, right? Like, oh, when would that ever happen for us, right? Um, and so to win it, um, you know, you, I, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> because you'd like to think that that's kind of like the, the highest high you can have mm-hmm. as a coach, you know, but you know the reality is, is, is come, there's going to be another team you got to coach, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a really good answer for you. I mean, it obviously would mean the world to us and, and our team and our community, um, because it would be not just a Bethany team win; it would be a community win. Um, and people have rallied around us this year, um, and so I think that it would just mean the probably the thing that I think is just it, it, there's a lot of people that this would impact within our community, and uh, that's pretty special. Yeah, Brody. Same question. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, as coaches, we're so process driven and just going through things. And like, it's it, like she, you know, thankfully she went first because then I got to try to think about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I should have warned you yeah, some of these questions yeah. that were coming. Um, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> you've been you know, a lot. Of, you've had a long day, so I'm um, sorry. <laughs> it's. I think it's just again, win, lose, or tie. It's just going to be a lot of raw emotion, one way or another. Like I don't think winning it will diminish like what we think of ourselves and what the community thinks of these kids it's just going to be like um there's already icing on the cake it's just this icing i guess it's just another layer to make a little bit sweeter um that i think both of our communities would would greatly enjoy um and you know these these girls i've gotten so many emails and phone calls and messages that like my little girl looks up to you know, you name Morgan, Bailey, Rhea, who, whoever that name is. And um, these kids, we went to the elementaries um, this last week. And like, like to see these, like they're superstars, you know, yeah. like and these little kids just looking up and looking up at them. Uh, funny story with that. We went to Millersburg, who's 60% Amish. And um, the PE teacher, they were getting ready to go. We went to the gym. We took a picture in each gym. And uh, the PE teacher, I said, hey, Mr. Lance, who's your best defender in this gym? And there's like 16 kids. <laughs> 12 of them Amish and he's like Caden which is not really an Amish name but anyways Caden so Caden comes and I said Caden I need you to D up Kaylee Dillon oh so I picked Kaylee because she's quick mm-hmm. yeah and I knew I didn't think the Amish kid could save and sure enough she went by him right that and you said you could see the his Amish buddies are just giving him a hard time our girls are going crazy whatever whatever I just thought like that moment was just without basketball and honestly without the success we've had that that like that type of moment never would have happened so yeah um to have all these little moments that i'm sure eventually what will reflect on it right probably a month or two from now and hopefully yeah. we can still remember it when we're like 70 or something but uh it's yeah. it's because of relationships and and, and basketball you know we don't want to and kristen's probably the same way you don't want to put like so much importance on basketball basketball this is all what we do but 
um, it is important. Like, you know, you put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of heart into it. And uh, like she said, like uh, Monday, win, lose, or tie, it's like, what do we do at 3.30 whenever practices? We're not going to know what yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if the state title game somehow ties, that would be truly <laughs> historic. I just wouldn't. You keep on saying that. I know it's the phrase yeah. and I get it. But like, man, if we ended a tie... Boy, that's that would be something. I I don't think I could see that coming. They wouldn't have enough ribbons because they got they already got red ones and blue ones. Would they just cut the trophy in half and be like, <laughs> who gets the? You can get the top half of the trophy and then according to give this, yeah, south, north yeah. and south, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> Kristen Brody, thank you so much. Really, I know you guys had a long day. You've probably been asked a lot of questions. Um, I saw the broadcasting announcements, by the way. Greg Rakestraw's doing the 1A game. He's a Lanesville graduate. He loves talking about how he's a Lanesville graduate on these broadcasts. So I, there might be some home bias. I don't know. He, Greg's a professional. Yes, Greg's a true pro's pro. So There's always a bias. You got you got everyone working against you, Kristen. No, sorry for that. Uh, but Allison Hayes, who's from South Bend, is the sideline reporter for your game. So yeah. there you go. we got some balance. She's a go. She's Elkhart County-ish. So we'll, we'll, we'll count that as a, a draw for that. But... um. Seriously, though, thank you so much. Um, good luck this Saturday. I will be seeing you, of course, a couple more times this week probably. Um, it's been a tremendous honor. I really am appreciative of you both spending some time on this podcast and really giving us giving me some time to talk about this moment, what this means for Elkhart County, what this means for your communities. It's a very, very cool feeling, and I really appreciate you guys coming on. So, yeah, Thanks for having thank us. Thank you, for your, thank you for your coverage. Thank yep. you. Man, how awesome was that to have Kristen Parson and Brody Garber join the podcast today? I think I said it a hundred times to them, but I can't thank them enough for them coming on the podcast and doing that interview with me. Uh, they had long days Monday, so I really appreciate their time. Um, let's get a little look at their opponents joining the podcast now. I interviewed him also on Monday, a little earlier in the day, but... Brandon Minyard of the Corden Democrat newspaper. He covers both Corden Central and Lanesville, who will be playing Fairfield and Bethany Christian, respectively, in Saturday state title games. Here is Brandon with a perspective on the Lady Panthers and the Lady Eagles. And I am now joined by the Corden Democrats sports writer, sports editor, too. Is that your official title? What, what is your official title, Brandon? Um, I, I guess the, what it says on the byline is sports writer. So I guess that would be my quote-unquote official title, but it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is Brandon Minyard, by the way, of the Corden Democrat. Uh, he has been working at the Corden Democrat for, what, two years now? Is that correct? Uh, closer to a year and a half as of February 26th, but you're not you're not that far off. That's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll round it up to two. Why not? Uh, Brandon, I I coincidentally met Brandon back in September at the HSPA convention for uh, the Hoosier State Press Association. We just happened to be sitting at the table next to each other, talk sports obviously and uh, our respective areas, and then sure enough, we uh, became Facebook friends and fittingly. We both have two teams going to the state girls basketball championships this Saturday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse 
in Indianapolis, and of course they are playing each other. Uh, Bethany Christian playing Lanesville in the 1A state championship game, and Fairfield playing Corden Central in the 3A uh, state championship game. First off, Brandon, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. Um, it does feel kind of poetic, right? That we here we are, you and I, where uh, we get to actually you know work games together for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy to think about just a few months ago, we were just talking while waiting for our awards. And now we're here each having two teams that we cover playing against one another in the state championship. It's also kind of poetic for me seeing Lanesville, especially in the state championship game, because I am a 2017 Lanesville graduate. I am wearing a Lanesville baseball shirt right now as I'm I'm talking to you. Yeah, and no no bias, man. No bias. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, no bias, but... You know, gotta rest the hometown sometimes. Yeah. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I can't talk today. In all seriousness, it's super awesome to see not one but two county teams in this state championship because they both worked so hard and they've been so good the last couple of years that it's it's about time for them. This is their time. They deserve it. Yeah, that's how that's a lot of the feelings up here in Elkhart County too, man. You know, Fairfield was a one point loss in the semi state championship game last year at the two way level and Bethany Christian has been really solid the last two seasons, but they've had some sectional heartbreak, and now they finally broke through. Bethany Christian almost lost their sectional opener again this year. They literally made a shot at the buzzer and was fouled and made the free throw after the final horn had sounded. So they won on an inbounds play with .9 seconds left in the game. They almost didn't make it this far, um, which is crazy to think about now in hindsight. Um, people up here know about the Bethany Christian and the Fairfield story, so we don't have to talk about them too much. We obviously um, are having you on, Brandon, because you know Lanesville and you know Gordon Central. Uh, let's start with your alma mater first, Lanesville. 27-2, uh, and two, much like Bethany Christian, they had never won a regional championship before this season. What about this team specifically has allowed them to kind of finally break through and get to the state championship game? Well, I think – when you mentioned Fairfield losing their semi-state championship by one game, it reminds me of last year when Lanesville lost the regional championship game by one point to eventual cha- champion Tecumseh. They had lost to Tecumseh each of the last three postseasons. And I think just, it, like I said earlier, it's their time, especially with the change in the postseason format. I think that gave Lanesville a bit of an edge. And for Lanesville, it's one thing primarily, and that is their defense. They have – the number one defensive average in 1A at 28.4, which and overall across all four classes, that's number two behind Fairfield. Right, Fairfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From what I saw, Fairfield's like a tenth of a point lower in defensive average than Lanesville is. So Fairfield number one overall, Lanesville number two, and Angie Hinton, the head coach there, she's just done a phenomenal job with this team ever since she came in in 2018, because before then. Before she came on, Lanesville had never won their conference. They had never won a Southern Athletic Conference title. And bring in Angie Hinton as well as her husband and the Hall of Fame mastermind himself, Joe Hinton. Mm-hmm. And it's just like – it was just a complete and utter turnaround right from the get-go. They sweep conference five years in a row. They went sectional five years in a row. All that was missing was a regional championship, and they did it against a, a surprising foe, Wood Memorial, who defeated number five Northeast Dubois – and to come see in their regional game, each by two points to make the regional. And Lanesville just 
The Saints were destroyed them by about 28, I think it was. Yeah, 64-26, looking that up. 20, yeah, 64-26 over Wood Memorial. Yeah, they, Lanesville hasn't really been pushed this whole postseason, man. That's five, five very comfortable wins so far. What has allowed them to be so dominant? Once again, it's defense. And I will say, Trinity Lutheran has been the only 1A team that's given them some trouble. And I say that because in the semi-state semifinal when they played at New Albany, the Lanesville would get out, had a couple of instances where they'd get out to like a 9-10 point lead, and then Trinity Lutheran would come back and close it to either a one-possession game or a tie game. And give credit to Lanesville, even when they faced that adversity, they were able to push forward. And there were a couple of players that I think deserve some praise for that, especially kids like Hadley Crozier, a sophomore guard. She's been a pest on the defensive end basically <laughs> since her freshman year. Second best score for Lanesville at just under 10 points a game. And then another sophomore who's really coming to her own this year is center Shelby Allen. She's one of two six-one girls for Lanesville, so she's got size. She didn't play a ton in the – regional semifinal against Trinity Lutheran because she had been getting into foul trouble. But it seemed like whenever she was on the floor that game, it was like at the right time, like getting a key bucket or getting to the free throw line at just the right time or getting a key block on the defensive end. It's just, Lanesville has a ton of weapons besides their seniors, uh, Lindsey Werner and uh, Morgan Sonner, the latter of which has really come alive in the postseason, especially from the mid-range. Her mid-range game during the postseason has just been spectacular. I think she's only missed, missed like one or two mid-range shots out of like 10 or 12. <laughs> like DeMar DeRozan of the mid-range right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's also, it's very similar too with uh, Lane, uh, looking at Lanesville's schedule. I mean, they're, one of their two losses was to Corden Central. Bethany Christian, one yeah. of their three losses was to Fairfield. So it's like pretty fitting that like you guys are almost, we're almost parallel experiences going on right here. Um, and then Evansville Memorial got them in an overtime game. Um, and Evansville Memorial was a 25-2 and two team in 3A this year. So, like, that's a – if you're going to lose, I guess, right, like that's a pretty good team to lose to. Um, yeah, you mentioned a couple of those players for Lanesville already, but, you know, is anyone in particular that's really having a tremendous postseason that you've noticed, or has it really just been a team effort like you kind of talked about? I think for the most part it's a team effort, but if there's one person I've got a shout-out for this postseason run, it's Lindsey Werner, their, their team captain, so to speak. She's she's led them pretty much all year. She's at 13.5 points a game, leads them with 7.7 rebounds, 2.7 steals, 2.4 assists. And the motors that she has along with the strength she has, I feel like if it was physically possible, she would literally run through brick walls for this team. She's just <laughs> so physical borderline dominant inside and it has a very good outside head shot. Like she's shooting, I believe about 39% from three. She's just been absolutely insane since she's sort of become the, the top player two years ago, ever since Gracie Adams graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching that game on, on Saturday morning. I know Bethany Christian, um, you know, it can, it's kind of a cliche. I don't know if it's a Cinderella run, but they have won, you know, three of their five postseason games have been dramatic, like down to the, even the regional game was pretty dramatic too. Like 
they, they were trailing in the fourth quarter in uh, the last two, both semi-state games. And so the fact that they uh, got here is pretty amazing. They're very talented, of course, but it is kind of like some voodoo Hoosier hysteria type magic going on. It feels like with the Bruins right now. Um, let's pivot to the 3A game. That'll be at 6 p.m. Saturday night. Corden uh, Central, 27-2. Same thing with Fairfield, also 27-2. Neither team has lost in the calendar year 2023 yet. Uh, looking at the exactly. schedules. Um, what about Corden Central this year? What has allowed them to kind of break through? Well, part of it, similar to how Lanesville is having trouble getting past Tecumseh in the regional championship, it, Silver Creek's sort of been that way for Corden in the sectional. Like, we've got to remember the past two years, Silver Creek going on to state finals, winning it two years ago, finishing runner-up to South Bend, Washington just last year. Mm-hmm. I just think part of it is just waiting for Silver Creek to go up to 4A. <laughs> and, I mean, they still had a, had a bit of issue with Silver Creek, Corden did, in the regular season, even though they eventually won that game. Mm-hmm. They did have some, some issues in conference, mainly losing to Scottsburg. But I think for Corn, that Scottsburg loss was really what brought them together. Mm-hmm. Especially you, on offense. Yeah, so did you feel like there was a different like energy with the team after that? I mean, they lost by as a 14-point loss back on December 1st. And, you know, sometimes maybe you need a wake-up call like that early in the season, right? Yeah, and when I talked to Josh Conrad after that game, their head coach, he did say that they were just having shooting some off-balance shots a little bit. So I think that loss sort of got them a little bit grounded, a little bit back to earth and what they needed to do. And it seemed like we were we were ready for some deja vu in the sectional championship game because I think Scoffer got off to a really good run and held Corden pretty good there at the start. But then they were able to pull it off in the next three quarters, got it kind of rolling. Ava Weber, especially their their star their star senior wing, she had I think she had like 34 points and became wow. the school's all time scoring leader in that game. 34, that's insane. Yeah, funny thing about Weber too is that she scored at least 20 plus points every postseason game I've seen so far. Wow. And in three of the first four, she scored at least 30. So wow. She's been a, she's been an amazing scorer ever since I started watching her her junior year. But it seems like here, late this regular season and into the postseason, she's been taking it to a whole nother level as she's averaging just over 22 points a game, almost six rebounds, almost three steals, and almost two and a half assists. So wow, she's been like, a, she's she's like an alpha. She's an alpha, basically. Absolutely. I do like – ever since I started working the paper, I started doing all-county team selections. If I had a county player of the year, I probably – I would most likely give it to Ava Weber. Mm-hmm. Who else on Corden stands out this year? I mean, obviously you can't win with just one player. One player helps naturally when you got a star like that. But who else maybe has uh, been helping carry the Panthers to the state championship game appearance? Well, their biggest outside presence is sophomore Josie Bond. She's averaging just under 12 points a game, along with three rebounds, three assists, and almost three steals. She she's lights out from three point range. She's averaging she's got like 41 percent from three. And then you got Bailey Orm, who's their all-time assist queen. She's averaging just under seven points a game, averaging six assists per game, along with almost three and a half steals. And you got a couple of kids who are sort of coming to their own this year. Uh, Morgan Adams, their lone junior. She's she's only averaging about four and a half points and th- three and a half rebounds. But I think it was in one of the semifinal games. I think it was the semifinal game. She had a double double with ten points and eleven rebounds. And then Alyssa Gruber, their six foot center. 
I think she's really come on strong towards the end of the year, averaging just under six points and five and a half boards. So it's mainly those, that group there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like they kind of go deep. The same thing with Fairfield. You got to have obviously some depth if you're gonna if you're gonna make it this far into the state tournament. Um, you know, we we obviously up here in Elkhart County, we we're, we're very excited. Obviously, a lot of people are amped to see Bethany and Fairfield same season. What is the vibe like down there for you guys? Like how how is the county feeling right now? Uh, Monday morning or Monday afternoon, even like what is the energy like around uh, Corden and Lanesville right now? Probably the same as up there in Elkhart <laughs> County. Like, mm-hmm. people are just absolutely – well, to say that people are absolutely elated that this is happening is the understatement of the century, especially <laughs> in Lingville, where where neither team, neither basketball team, boys or girls, has ever touched the state championship game. We did have a softball team make it to state in 2006, and then obviously the baseball team, which I was on as a manager, <laughs> made it in back-to-back years in 2016 and 2017. But I think to do it in basketball just brings so much, a little bit more in my opinion, especially since the boys' team got so close in 2007, lost in overtime to semi-state to Bar Reeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, there's still a uh, Hoosier hysteria type of uh, nostalgia, right? You know, and basketball is is still the king uh in this sport so the fact you get two of them in the same county in the same year it's not just like oh we went back to back years like no this is in the same season you you rarely get it for a county like the counties that are like our size you know um right. you don't you don't obviously like you know marion county in indianapolis gets it all the time <laughs> allen county in fort wayne too but uh this yep. is pretty cool to see our two counties uh kind of coming together and like this so uh any uh, any uh, last words, I guess, uh, Brandon, before we bid you adieu. All I got to say is go Lady Eagles, go Lady Panthers. I can't hey, wait no, for we just said no bias, man. We just said no bias. Come on. Come on. You don't see me, break, uh, you don't see me breaking out the Bruins and uh, Falcon pom-poms over here, all right? <laughs> Try to be objective. But, you know, obviously I, I wouldn't complain if Bethany Christian and Fairfield won personally. Um, how about we just yeah. split? How about we just split the games and call it even, right? Sound good to me? Yeah, I got you. We'll, we'll both be I, and happy. I give a lot of respect. Yeah. I'm sorry? Go continue. Sorry, yeah. I was about to say, I have a lot of respect for Bethany Christian and to Fairfield as well. They both did tremendous job beating teams that are higher ranked than them, especially uh, uh, Fairfield beating yeah. previously undefeated Twin Lakes. I th- and then, yeah, Bethany Christian beating Tri, who I honestly thought was going to face Plainsville in that championship game. And mm-hmm. to see that, I was, I was absolutely amazed, like, Man, some of those kids on those teams are legit. Yeah, no, there's, there's like you know that meme now, like the dog in them, you know, the dog X-ray rib cage. Like that's that's basically what yeah, Fairfield, got- that's what Fairfield and Bethany Christian have on their teams. Uh, Mariah Stolzfus for Bethany this past Saturday, something I don't think I've actually ever seen out of any player that I've covered. Um, just literally put the team on her five foot two back and said, we are not losing this game, either game, both games. She just took off. Uh, and then uh, for Fairfield, Bria Garber is similar to that, where she just has not only the skill, obviously, but just that will to win where it's like, uh, we are not losing this game. And they also have other players too on Fairfield that have that in them. Uh, Bailey Willard, Morgan Gothrop, uh, Kaylee Dillon, a sophomore, um, yeah, this is a. There are a lot of dogs on the on these two teams. Um, they all got their dog in them. 
Yeah, yeah. Brandon, I really do appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, looking forward to seeing you again uh, this Saturday, all day. You're going to get sick and tired of talking to me, probably. Uh, so <laughs> I apologize in advance, but uh, really, really, really do appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Once again, thank you very much to Brandon Minyard for taking some time out of his Monday afternoon to talk to me as well. And of course, Kristen Parson and Brody Garber, thank you for both them. Uh, just one more time for those wondering, Bethany Christian versus Lanesville on the 1A state championship game Monday, or Monday, Saturday, Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, and then Fairfield versus Corden Central in the Class 3A state championship game at 6 p.m. Saturday at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Uh, we had other events at Gainbridge Fieldhouse this past week. Need to recap that. Uh, we'll try to get through these last couple parts of the show quickly. It's already been a long episode, I know. A lot of coverage, of course, with Fairfield and Bethany Christian going to state. But let's talk about the state wrestling. The season is over for wrestling. The state championship meet was this past weekend. We had 11 total wrestlers from our coverage area make it to state. Seven of them placed, made it out of the first day, um, led by two sixth-place finishes from Elkhart's, excuse me, Braden Jellison at 285 pounds and Nash Schubert at 195. They both finished sixth place. And then Wawasee's senior Hunter Miller also with a sixth-place finish at 152 pounds. Um, they both had uh, All three of them had tremendous seasons, of course. Jellison is going to play football at Illinois State as an offensive lineman, a big guy, obviously, 285 pounds in the heavyweight division. But um, And Schubert beat Concord's Armin Koltukian in the, uh, the third match, their third match of the weekend um, to get to the – he got to the – Schubert winning got him to the fifth-place match. Koltukian lost, sending him to the seventh-place match. Um, so they end up facing a total of three times, four times there, three times, uh, sectional, regional, and state. Um, we also had four, the fourth matchup between Goshen's Leish Detweiler and Northwood's Caden Lone at 182. Those two both pulled off dramatic victories Friday night. Detweiler was down 6 nothing in his match, came back to win 10-6 to um, or 11-6, one of those, it was an incredible comeback. He looked like he was done, and then he made the tremendous uh, comeback at the end. And then uh, Lone was down 9-7 to seven in the final seconds of his match. Got a takedown. They initially didn't call it a takedown, but then, or like that it, it happened out of bounds, but the referees consoled with each other. They gave him the two points, tied it at nine, sent it to overtime, and then Lone won the overtime in like two seconds. It was unbelievable to watch. Um, he got a takedown to score the two points, sudden victory, incredible win. Um, and then both Detweiler and Lone lost their first two matches Saturday, sending them to the seventh place match against each other. Lone pinned Detweiler uh, fairly quickly, about two, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes in to get seventh place, Detweiler eighth. Uh, Detweiler is a junior, so he'll be back next season. Lone was a senior. Um, so congratulations on his career. Um, I mentioned him already. Armin Koltukian, he got eighth place as well. He won his Friday night match. 
Uh, and then, unfortunately, he lost all three matches on Saturday, but still got eighth place. He improved off of where he was last year, and the win on Friday was his 100th for his career. So congratulations to Armin Kultukian on a great career. Um, the only other placer that I missed there was Connor Watts, a senior from Jimtown. He also finished eighth, um, won his Friday night match pretty convincingly, 13-1, to dominated, um, and then lost all three on Saturday. Uh, in tough bouts. So uh, congratulations to all of them on great seasons. And then we had four other kids reach the the Friday first round, did not advance. Um, three from Wawasee, Caleb Salazar at 106, Cameron Center at 113, and Donovan Blair at 195. And then Mikey Calamani from Jimtown at 132. All of them had tremendous seasons too. I mean, getting to the state meet is an accomplishment in itself. You have to win a lot of matches or do well enough in a lot of matches to get there. And uh, yeah, nothing you know, nothing to be ashamed of from from any of those kids on a tremendous season. Um, um, a lot of them graduate, but Salazar will be back next year, sending with Center and Blair and um, Detweiler. So you know, some good talent coming back next season. A lot of seniors though will be graduating there. Um, so it'll be interesting next year what the local wrestling scene is. This was a nice year for us and. Should be should be fun to watch. See next year where where it goes. Um, that wrapped up again at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indy this past weekend. Uh, Crown Point was the team champion, so congratulations to the Bulldogs on winning the team state title. Um, we also had boys swimming uh, sectionals this past Saturday. Concord won the team title for a fourth straight season, so congratulations to the Minutemen. They qualified for the state meet in eight events. Um, they have Cole Stevenson, who is dominated in four events. He will be competing as part of the 200 medley relay and the 400 freestyle relay teams for Concord, as well as in the 200 individual medley and the, I'm trying to find my notes. I should have had this written out. The 100 breaststroke. There we go. I found it. I found it in my notes. Um, the 100 breaststroke for us is a loaded event. We have three uh, total swimmers going into the event, all seated in the top seven of the race. Uh, Elkhart Sr., Lucas Bird is fourth. Stevenson, a sophomore, is fifth. And then Braden Sollers, also from Concord, is seventh in the 100 breaststroke going into the state meet this weekend uh, in Indianapolis at the IU Natatorium, campus of IU PUI. Um, so that's an event to keep an eye on. Lucas Bird also seated third in the 50 free. Um, we have Northwoods Johan as the seventh seed in the 50 free as well. So the 50 free and the 100 breaststroke are two events that we could see multiple guys place on the podium. Another event, 200 individual medley. Stevenson is seated sixth, and Sawyer Lehman. From Northridge, a sophomore set a new school record on Saturday in the 200 IM, won it in a time of 151.73, and uh, he is seated fifth, so two kids in that event as well. Um, Goshen wanted to give them a shout-out. They had a good day Saturday at the sectional. They set two school records, or a school record, sorry, in the 200 free relay, time of 127.71. Uh, Levi Moser is on that relay. He also advanced in the 200-yard freestyle and the 500-yard freestyle races. So a really productive day for Moser. Um, if you want to see where all of our area swimmers who advanced to state, you can see our story at GoshenNews.com. Full results 
uh, at least full results of who were state qualifiers is listed there. And also, congratulations to Coach Laura Rupp from Goshen for being voted the sectional coach of the year. So that was pretty cool. Um, All of that on our website, GoshenNews.com. Also on our website, boys basketball, the sectional pairings came out this past Sunday. Um, Not going to try to get too much into them right now. We have a lot going on. A lot of of girls basketball is uh, high on our attention focus right now. Um, Higher priority. But if you want to see the boys basketball sectional pairings, check those out at our website as well. They're all on the IHSAA website as well. Um, Really the big takeaways, you know, 3A sectional 20, Northwood will have to win three games uh, to win that sectional. They play Wawasee on the Tuesday night, and they are on the opposite side of the bracket of West Noble, so potential rematch between the number one and number four teams in 3A there uh, in the sectional final if they both get there. Um, You know, Goshen got a bye in the 4A one, but they'll have to play Penn in the semifinal more than likely, Penn playing Elkhart in the first game over at Northside Gym. Um, Northridge Warsaw, probably the best matchup. Westview got a good draw in the 2A1, and Bethany got a nice draw in the 1A1 as well over at Hamilton. So um, check all those pairings out. Should be interesting. Uh, See how our teams do next week in boys basketball sectionals. We'll have a lot more on that next week uh kind of all focused right now on fairfield and bethany christian girls basketball though they take priority this week given they are playing for state championships obviously um let's go to the goshen college maple leaf minute with dante stanton it was a busy week in maple leaf athletics and dante is here to fill you in on all of that so take it away dante hey michiana i'm dante and this is your maple leaf minute presented by 91.1 the globe Men's and women's basketball seasons came to a rough close in the past week. The women's squad ended their season at home in a loss on Wednesday, 82-72 to the Huntington Foresters. The Leafs finished overall 7-21 on the year and 10th in the Crossroads League. The men's team closed out their year with two matchups, one on Tuesday, a 99-68 drubbing at the hands of Mount Vernon Nazarene. And on Saturday, the Leafs held their own against Huntington but still fell against the number 18 team in the country. The two losses dropped the Leafs to 3-25 overall on the year. Men's volleyball went 1-1 this weekend, falling 3-0 on Friday against the WAC rivals Cornerstone. University. Before putting up a sweep of their own on Saturday, the Leafs broke out the brooms in dominant fashion against Aquinas to grab their third win of the season. Baseball had a long weekend of their own after their Friday doubleheader in Arkansas was moved to Missouri due to weather. Their initial doubleheader was switched to a one-game nine-inning contest, which the Leafs lost to Silla College 6-2. DC also fell in their first game on Saturday 4-3, but an offensive explosion from Jenna Rodimer led the Leafs to a 16-0 win in the second game on Saturday. Rodimer went 5-5 in that matchup and finished with nine RBIs and a grand slam to his name. First Maple Leafs since 2017 to register five hits in a contest. And finally, the men's and women's track teams competed in the Crossroads League Championships on Friday and Saturday. Maddie Axum qualified in the women's high jump, and Jordan Garlinger did so in the 800-meter run. That means that a total of 10 total qualifiers will compete in South Dakota for the NAIA Indoor Track and Field Nationals. My name's Dante, and that does it for this edition of the Maple Leaf Minute. Tune in next week for more GC Athletics. And thank you again, Dante, for that wrap-up. Okay, that's this week's edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you to Brody Garber, Kristen Parson, Brandon Minyard, and Dante Stanton for lending their voices to this episode. This might be the most total people outside of the uh, Middlebury softball 
Little League team that won state that we've had voice-wise on the podcast. So thank you very much to everyone. Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, Just on a personal aside, this is a very exciting week for yours truly. This is really cool to have two teams playing for a state championship. And uh, I know I wrote about that in my column late Saturday, early Sunday. But, um, you know, this is not something we get ever. I mean, never happened in girls basketball in this county's history. It rarely happens in any of the other sport. I mean, the closest we've kind of gotten is Jimtown and Wawasee, uh, in girls basketball at least, in 07. But uh, this is special. What's, what's really cherished this moment. And let's see if we can get two state champions this weekend. Um, we'll have all the reaction to that and then some next week on the Goshen News Sports Podcast. <laughs>